Now lift your hands together and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is worthy today to receive praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God forever. Somebody shout hallelujah. While you remain standing, we want to go to prayer for Sister Brenda Doty, going in for emergency surgery today needs prayer. It would be good if we just did that right now. Let's bombard heaven today as if this was your very own mother, relative, sister, daughter. Let's pray together. Savior, we thank you for the ability that we have to come before the throne of grace, doing what no other can do. We're asking you now to touch, to heal, to guide the hands of the doctors. Bring this out for victory, I pray. For you are a master at all that you do, and we trust you today. In the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Praise God, praise God. It certainly is good to be in the house of the Lord today rather than be in Gaza. Our world is in turmoil, and the better place that you can be is right here in the house of the Lord. In fact, you can be seated because this is not my message, but I'm reading today from the book of Daniel, chapter 12. I did this yesterday at the men's meeting in Rialto, but I want you to listen very carefully to this chapter and see if you can pick out where we are and what's going on. The CEO of J.P. Morgan this last week made this statement, said, we are in a time of trouble such as never seen in decades upon this earth. I'm reading from chapter 12, the book of Daniel. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, and everyone that shall be found written in the book that covers Jews and the church. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Can you imagine if you miss the rapture, what you're going to feel like in shame and contempt at nobody but yourself to blame if you miss it? And thank God if you make it for eternity's sake. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Today they're rewriting history books. They are rewriting all kinds of informational panels and books because knowledge is increasing every two to three months today. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two, other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, the other on the side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long 
shall it be to the end of these wonders? Then I heard the man clothed in linen, which and upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand into heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that if shall be for a time, times and a half, when he shall have accomplished to scatter the people of the, the power, when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. People are not in church today because the enemy is scattering the people of God and Christianity is not popular anymore. But here it's popular. Here we believe it. And I heard, but I understood. Then said I, O oh Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. It's where we are today. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Aren't you glad you're in the house of God today? You're here because you're not just here because of world conditions. You're here because you love Jesus Christ. You're not here because of crisis in our world. You're here because you want to make a commitment to Jesus to live for him forever. That's why we're here. But the wise shall understand. Verse 12, blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the end. But go thy way, verse 13, go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot the end of days. That chapter is being fulfilled today like never before. When world leaders are claiming that we are in a time of trouble like never before, we need to stop and pay attention and understand that we are in a crisis in our world. Leadership is lacking all over the world. The best place to be is in an apostolic church today. The best place to be is filled with the Holy Ghost, living for God, knowing that the end upon our world is upon us at a time of trouble such as never has been is upon us. We are threatened by nuclear war. I'm not going to preach on prophecy today, but it's just facts. Russia's threatening a nuclear war. Iran's threatening to get a nuclear bomb. They're threatening to use it when they get it. China's threatening to invade countries. Uh, Iran's threatening to invade countries. Saudi Arabia was trying to make peace with Israel. Now they decided to talk to Iran. All of these little world events is pointing towards the end time. I'm so glad to tell you that I am in church today. I'm so glad to tell you that I'm worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not tied up in politics. I'm not concerned about what the world may do, but I am concerned about what the church is going to do. I think it's time for us to live for God like we've never lived for God. It's time for us to worship the King of Kings like we've never worshiped the King of Kings. It's time for us to be an example to a world that we're not concerned about what you're doing without God. We're concerned about what we're doing with God. And that's why we're in the house of God today. Somebody ought to stand with me, lift your hands together, and let's thank God for his saving power, the victory that is found in the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. Somebody lift your voice together and let heaven know you're on heaven's side. Praise God, praise God. I started working on this lesson several weeks ago, and 
I keep fine-tuning it. So hopefully today it will be, be a blessing to somebody. I'm reading today from the book of Daniel again, chapter 5 and verse 24. <clears throat> and I'll just read one scripture and then i let you sit down. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, today, we need you more than ever before. We need your presence, your spirit, the will of God today in this place. Touch every heart, every ear that we may hear. We ask these things in the wonderful name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I really do want you to hear, and I don't want you to be like my great-grandson when his mother was getting on him and said, Colton, I want you to listen to me. Open your ears and hear what I'm saying. He said, Mama, my batteries are dead. I want you to listen today because I do want to preach to you from my heart. The setting of this scripture, and I read it, just one scripture, but the setting is in the book of Daniel also. Nebuchadnezzar has become so arrogant and proud and lifted up that the Lord spoke and he heard through the vision and dreams and interpretation of Daniel that he would be as an animal. He would walk on all fours. He'd live under the be as the beast of the field, eat grass in the field for seven years. At the end of seven years, he recognized who God was and acknowledged who God was. I pray today that somebody will not have to wait seven years to recognize that God is reaching for them and trying his best. And so he passed off the scene and Belshazzar took over as a grandson and he began to do the same things that his grandfather did. Became arrogant and proud of his position, irregardless of what the people were doing, saying, acting, or being part. He started partying in the palace as if there was no end of days coming. While they were partying, they had couches. They were laying around on couches. They were drinking of the wines of the children of Israel. They had trained peacocks pulling the tea carts and the wine carts. It was a fabulous setting for the world to look at. Trained peacocks pulling carts as they served the people who were lazing around not concerned about the judgment of God or anything that was going on outside the big party they were having. All of a sudden, on the wall, a hand appeared. When that hand appeared, it began to write as it scribed on the wall. This is the writing, verse 25, <clears throat> that was written. Many, many, tekel ye far sin. This is the interpretation, verse 26. Many, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Verse 27, Tekel, thou art weighed in the balance and found, and art thou art found wanting. Thou art found wanting. That word wanting means lacking or found to be defective or deficient. Defective or deficient. I'm preaching to you today, defective or effective. Anybody who'd be an English scholar, be careful that you don't fault me for changing an A to an E or an E to an A in effect or apex, but I'll do my best to keep them straight today. 
I want to preach to you about being defective or being effective. To be effective, uh, you are able to affect somebody else. When you are effective, you can affect somebody else. Too many people in our world are ashamed of who they are. The Bible said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'd like to preach to you today, without the power of God, you are not effective. You have become defective. I wonder how many people in hell or in the judgment day will look at us and say, you never mentioned Jesus to me. You never invited me to the house of God. You lived like we lived and enjoyed what we were doing, and now we're here together in judgment. I want to preach to you today. It's time for the church to be effective. I said it's time for the church to be effective. A defective product does not work the way it should or supposed to work. Belshazzar did not learn from Nebuchadnezzar's fall. Pride had lifted him up. Belshazzar became so defective and ineffective, he was found wanting or lacking or defective. He could not affect anybody around him anymore, although he had for a few moments in a party. Everybody thought he was great until ashen-faced, fear-stricken, tormented in his mind, he saw a hand of judgment writing on the wall. You're lacking, Belshazzar. You should have learned from your past. You should have learned from those in your history. But you have not. You have been found ineffective and defective. And that party was over. One day your party will be over. One day you'll recognize that your last day in this world has come upon you. Our character one day is going to be weighed in the balance and found lacking or effective. I know today is a fearful day in our world. It should not be here today. We should not be fearful of what's happening in our world. We should be rejoicing because everything is pointing that we're right on time. We're doing the right thing. I said, we're doing the right thing. I say it again, we're doing the right thing. We didn't come to sit like a bump on a log in church. We came to give Jesus Christ honor, and we're not here partying in our own world and our own self. We're doing the right thing today. We came to the house of God. I'm not fearful of the world or politics or what's going on. I'm rejoicing in the presence of God. We're about to get out of here. I said, we're about to get out of here. Dilly-dally around if you want. Play games if you want. Party if you want. Do what the world is doing. Have fun with the world. We're rejoicing in the house of God today. Hallelujah. So there are stories in the Bible about people who are going to go in the wrong direction, who came to a point late in their life and they decide to reverse the action. Many are silencing a troubled conscience today with the thought that they can change course at any time, especially if they choose to. I wish that were true. I've been around too long. I've preached too many funerals. I've counseled too many people. I've listened to the arrogance and the pride of individuals who have walked away from God, never making it back to the house of God. 
You think you can play games with God? Nebuchadnezzar learned. Belshazzar learned. Some of us have learned. How about you today? Many are silencing their conscience. They're putting their conscience on the back burner. I'm preaching today. Do not silence that conscience. It may be the last time you ever hear from God. It may be the last time you ever have a conscience speaking to your heart. Many think that in a time of crisis, they can return to God, but many have never made it back. I have relatives, I have friends that are in the grave today because they thought one day I'm going to do it. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I felt this, and I have preached it one time before at a place, and I felt the same thing. I came to preach to you today as a church. Don't look at the world for your answer. Don't go to the world for your problems. Find it at an altar at Jesus Christ's feet. He's an answer to your life today. He's an answer to your hope. Many think they can trample on the invitation of mercy. They can walk across the blood of Jesus Christ until they feel no pressure again, thinking that one day they can make it. They're trampling underfoot the grace of God. And after casting their influence on the side of Satan, that in a moment of terrible emergency, I'm going to run to God. You may run to God one day, and the church will be full when you run to God. But it's because we're gone and the rapture has taken place, and everybody left has finally decided to run to the church. I don't know about you today. I'm burdened for our world. I'm burdened for our church. I'm burdened for our children. If we don't keep what we have, we'll be just like the rest of the world. Come on, church. We are the only thing left in the world with a voice against sin, unrighteousness, confusion, failure. We're the only voice left. It's time for us to be the church like we've never been the church. It's time for us to let our light shine like we've never let our light shine. Come on, church. It's time for us to be the church of Jesus Christ. Don't play with your conscience. Don't chance it. Pride has lifted up too many people. They become ineffective. They become defective. I would hate to meet somebody in hell that I knew personally, and they said, because you loved what we did, you never told me what was better to do. One day, your life is going to be put in a balance and weighed. What will you put in that balance? Will, what will it be when it's all over with? Will you be lacking, found defective, and ineffective? Someday, every one of us is going to be on this world for the last day of our life. Every day that we live, we should live as if this is the last day of our life. And I'm going to make the best of it. Have you even asked God to help you today? Have you prayed today? Have you said, I'll do anything, Savior, you want me to do? I'm telling you, the world is looking for trouble. I'm looking for the rapture. 
I said the world is looking for trouble, but I'm looking for the rapture. I came to church to rejoice in my salvation. I came to rejoice in the victory of the Holy Ghost. I came to tell somebody, your party's about over. The rapture's about to take place. I know we don't hear this often enough in our world today. I'm going to preach it anyway. We're on the brink of the rapture of the church. We're about to see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. A time of trouble like our world has never seen before. You sit here and think it's going to go on. I'm not so sure it is. I'm not predicting any particular day. I'm telling you I'm going to live today. Like it's the last day of my life. Forgive me, God. Wash me today in your blood. Cleanse me every day. Cover my wrongs, my sins, my failures, my inefficiencies, my defectiveness, and make me right in the blood of Jesus Christ. For when I put in the balance, the scales of justice are weighed. I don't want to be lacking or defective. There will be nothing to change it in that day. Destiny has been set. It will be over. Eternity will be ushered in. The balance and scales of judgment will have been weighed. I'm preaching to a church today. We need to recognize where we are in our world. I wish I knew how to interpret prophecy better. I wish I knew how to understand prophecy better. But that's not the answer. The answer is to live for Jesus regardless of what's happening in our world today. Regardless of what our world does. Regardless of what politicians do. Regardless of your paycheck. It's time to live for Jesus regardless of your feelings and where you are. If the Lord tarries 50 years, it's too short for some because you can't make up your mind today. I'm burdening my spirit for every heart that would be destroyed by our world. Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, is overtaking our world. What religion are you? Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, none. The nuns are taking over. There's less Christianity in our world today. There's more that say they believe in God but do nothing with it. I've talked to individuals say, well, I still pray. And in a moment I can talk in tongues, but I'm not ready to live for God. That would frighten me to death. I'd be more scared of that attitude than I would be of the world in the Middle East right now. Talking in tongues is not the answer. Living right is the answer. I know talking in tongues is great, but living for God is the answer. Living for God. God don't want you just to talk in tongues. He wants you to live for him. I came to preach to you tonight. It's time for our church, the church, the world over. Everywhere there's an apostolic church. It's time for us to worship God, live for God, and do what's right like never before. Today could be the very last day of your life and judgment could be set and you weighed in the balance of town lacking. Did not like to keep God in their knowledge. 
chewed up, snort up, drink up, party up, do all that you want to do to drown out that conscience. But one day, you're going to wish you'd listen to that little small, still voice that said, this is the way. Walk ye in it. If I read scripture right, 25% of the ground was good ground. If I understand scripture right, five were wise and five were foolish. You look at the statistics and you figure up the math. That may mean half of this congregation is lost. Don't mean that personally. It's mathematic. And this half is saved. You know, if I was literally in that, you know what I'd be doing right now? I'd be switching from there to here. Too careless with God. Too careless with church. Too careless with holiness. Who cares what you look like? God looks beyond all of that and sees a rebellious spirit and a rebellious heart. Or he looks beyond all that and sees an open heart and a loving heart. And a God help us in the world that we live in today to quit playing church. And recognize church is so valuable. I want the church to be so valuable that when we pray for somebody, Brother Raymond, that God works his miracle. I want the church to be so I want the church to be so valuable that when we stand and take a prayer request, uh, there's no looking around, no playing around. We're touching the throne of God for somebody. I'm not trying to beat up on you. I'm trying to help you. It's time to move out of our complacency and become what God wants us to become. They didn't keep God in their knowledge and God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy. Murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Pick one or two out, church. We're all guilty somewhere. But I'm not going to trample on the blood of Jesus Christ and trample away my days of mercy. I came to the house of God today to preach my heart to a congregation that I love and a church that I've been a part of for some 74 years and a people that I love dearly and appreciate the fact that I can be associated with you and rub shoulders with you. But listen to the rest of this scripture. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, verse 32, are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You're actually having pleasure with those type of people when you walk away from God. 
I may be preaching to somebody today that is contemplating going to the world. Don't do it. Our world is about to be turned upside down and it will never return to what it was of years gone by. There may come a time that the freedoms of America will flow like the freedoms of a dictatorship and we can't be in the house to worship God. Will you worship God anyway? Oh, yeah. Will you worship God anyway? You say it can't happen in America. I thought that a few years ago, but COVID taught me that one man makes a decision to our world. The forerunner of the Antichrist, the chairman of the World Health Organization, shut our world down. Some of you lost your jobs. Some of you couldn't go to work. You couldn't go to church for a couple of weeks. One man did that. One man's going to rise one of these days as an Antichrist. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I've lost too many of them already. I'm tired of looking for the Antichrist. I refuse to look for the Antichrist. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm looking for the Christ. I said I'm looking for the Christ. church is playing into Jesus' hands. Oh, that's why we're here today. We came to honor Jesus Christ. <laughs> Too many people are on the peripheral edge of the church playing with those kind of people. Thinking, well, somebody crossed the white line of the highway. I'll say, Jesus, save me. I'd do it too. But it might be too late. I know what I'm fighting right now. I'm fighting a bucking spirit. Bucking like a bucking horse. Fighting me off. Trying to get me to shut up. But I know what I'm also fighting I'm fighting in my own spirit to say it's worthwhile fighting for somebody today that can recognize the hope of eternal life. We were worthy of death, but Jesus saved us. I was worthy of death, but Jesus saved me. I had no hope in this world, but Jesus gave me hope. Jesus made me worthy. When I was worthy of death, Jesus looked at the rich young ruler. He had all the money he needed, the prestige, the honor of wealth. He looked at him and said, I've weighed your spirit, young man. You're lacking something. It's only one thing you're lacking, but you're lacking that one thing. And all of his wealth, his prestige, his honor, all that he had going for him, he walked away. 
when he could have been very effective and affect many people, he remained defective and ineffective and inefficient. And in hell, who he could have helped, could have helped. I preach another message. I'm not preaching it today. But there was a church in Caesar's household. You think you have it bad? You think you have a temptation you can't overcome? You think you've got problems you can't live for God? There's people in your life you can't. Let me tell you, there was a church in Caesar's household. Caesar's government killed Jesus Christ. Let me just throw this in. You think you can get by with religion? Religion has failed our world. Religion could have stopped abortion if all of religious people would have voted against it. Killing of millions of babies every year. Religion could stop a lot of this sexual orientation that's going on in our school if Christians, supposed Christians, would stand up and fight. Religion has failed our world. Politics have failed our world. Religion has no answer. Religion killed Jesus. Salvation has saved us. When your car lacks a battery, it's defective and ineffective. When your car lacks spark plugs, your car is defective and ineffective. Isaiah said in Isaiah 6 and 5, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am defective because I am a man of unclean lips. I am ineffective, I add. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I'm lacking and left wanting in the ability to help my people that I love be saved. I'm not trying to condemn you. I hope you understand the burden of this service today. You're in the church. You ought to be rejoicing that God picked you up out of a world of sin. And you ought to rejoice so much you'll talk to people about it. Pass out a church card. Invite them to worship Jesus Christ with us. I love you more than I love acclaim, popularity. Pacify your conscience if you will, but you're ineffective without the Lamb of God. Without the Lamb of God, you're ineffective and you're lacking Romans said, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Every day you need to be mindful of the fact that you would not be saved had it not been for Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody today that don't have the Lamb of God. You're lacking. You're defective. You're ineffective. He went on to say these words, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The wrath of God about to turn on this world. The rebellious hearted politicians, sinners and confused people are about to see the wrath of God. But I want to preach to you just a few more minutes. I'm not waiting around to see the wrath of God. I'm looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. There's a hope, church. There's something better, church. There's something better than this service right now. You felt the power of God already. You're experiencing the presence of God right now. There's something better coming. I said there's something better coming. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath through him. Thank God. For if when we were sinners or enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I, don't, I didn't know who was going to be here today. I'm not even worried about who's here today. I'm worried about one person, two persons, five people, ten people. I'm worried about a church that if we're not careful, we forget who we are in a world right on the brink of the coming of the Lord. With every sign looking towards the rapture of the church and the wrath of God being poured out. Our world is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. For Sodom and Gomorrah had no Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah became very wicked. But our world is more wicked than Sodom and Gomorrah today. Somebody ought to have already said amen. If you don't believe that, your children are going to be so warped in a few days because of our politicians. If you don't keep them involved in a youth service, keep them involved in a prayer Somebody's not hearing me today. Your grandchildren are going to face trouble like they've never seen in the world. I'm not afraid. I came to live for Jesus today. If he died for me, are you willing to die for him? I didn't think I'd get much of a response on that. Let's strike it out. No, no, let's keep it alive. If you're not willing to die for him, you're willing to him die for you, you're defective. I think the church ought to rise up with boldness in our spirit. Not ugly, not ugly, not being ugly, not being arrogant, not being proud, but telling everybody everywhere we are, there's something better, friend. You ought to come to the house. Are you excited about church? Are you excited about God? Are you excited about the power of God? You that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind and your thought processes by evil works, yet now hath he reconciled. Somebody in this church used to be an addict. Somebody in this church used to be a drunkard. Somebody in this church used to live for the devil. Somebody in this church used to act like the devil. Somebody in this church used to be not ashamed to flaunt their bodies and destroy the minds of children. But Jesus reached down where you were rebellious, ugly, sin-cursed, and picked you up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're standing. I know why you're standing. Some of you were in that category I read, but Jesus picked you up. And you have a lamb. You have a lamb. You have a lamb. Sit down just for a minute. I'm going to try to finish real quick. When Adam and Eve sinned, an animal was slain to cover their shame. Cain and Abel learned that. And Abel brought forth an animal to cover his sin and shame. 
Cain brought forth that which he could reproduce for his own good. Seedlings gave fruit. that You destroyed the fruit, but the seed there, you could plant it and go on living like you were. Too many people are holding on to the seeds of the world because you want to go tomorrow and do what you did yesterday. But it's time for you to get, grab a lamb today. The law came about. Introduced the lamb. The family had to have a lamb to get out of Egypt. Every family had to kill a lamb. Shed the blood on the doorpost, entering the going out. When they got to the promised land, don't have time to preach all this. Into the law was incorporated the death of a lamb. And every year, conscience bearing them, burden bearing them, they brought a lamb to the priest to slay an animal to cover their sin and their shame. But one day, John walked to the river Jordan. He observed coming towards him an individual and said these words, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Today, the Lamb has been slain and the covering blood of Jesus Christ has been shed. This is my Lamb. I wish I had a live one here. I could let that live lamb go. He doesn't have to die because, oh, hear me, church. This is my lamb. Where are you going with your lamb? I'm going to church. Where are you going with your lamb? I'm opening my mouth with my neighbor, my coworkers, my children. I'm living for my lamb. Where are you going with your lamb? I'm going to church. Where are you going with your lamb? I'm going to an altar where my lamb lives forever and I become a living sacrifice. my lamb and I'm taking my lamb to the altar I want to be effective I'm not watching for anybody but somebody that's willing to be a living sacrifice I'm looking for somebody to grab your lamb the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world I'm looking for somebody to walk down an altar with their lamb who has washed you and cleansed you and made you right in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm waiting for somebody to become a living sacrifice to him, which is your reasonable service. Lift your voice together, church. 
lift your voice together. Somebody's weighed in the balances. Character is weighed in the balance. Somebody's life is weighed in the balance today. This may be the very last day you ever have a chance to hear your conscience or hear the preached word of God. This may be the very last day that you can make your things right with the Lamb. That's right, church. Intercede for somebody in your family. Intercede for somebody in your life. Intercede for somebody on your job. Become an intercessor. Recognize this church is the only answer. This church is the only hope. God. The Lord Jesus Christ stands on the balcony of eternity with scales in his hand this very moment, weighed in the balance lives eternally. He's waiting on somebody to become a living sacrifice. He's waiting on somebody to become effective so they can become effective in their surroundings, in their world, a life that waits on you to be a light to them. A world that's waiting on you to shine your light so bright that they can be saved too. Your influence may be the only thing that reckons with their life. Or you may be weighed in the balance with them and found lacking. Don't stop, church. Mind on the Lord right now. These altars are open. Swallow your pride. Forget your yesterdays. Put your hope in Jesus Christ. Become effective today to reach somebody else. Forget about being defective and become effective so you can affect somebody else. Let the Holy Ghost reign in this house. One more time, church, lift your voice together. The greatest revival the church has ever seen is waiting on us as a people to let our light shine like never before. Become effective in our lives so we can affect somebody else. Oh yes, breaking right now, breaking in the spirit. Hell is afraid right now, hell is losing. I'm challenging you right now, rise from your complacency. Arise from your failures of yesterday. Be challenged by the word of God because Jesus the Lamb is here. Jesus is here. <laughs> oh, yes. Stand with me, church. Open your spirits today. I don't know who is needing this lesson today. I don't know what's needed in your life today. But the Holy Ghost stands ready to be a lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Oh, yes. Quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. Quench not.
this day will live on in the minds of some forever. Some will have walked away and forever be in their life, in their own little world. But today was a day of reckoning. Hungry for a change in their life. Right. 